What's up, folks? It's another edition. It's a speedy edition. It's hitting the high notes. Jazz talk. It is I. I am here. I apologize for those who are listening at two times the speed, but we got to go quick. You can follow me at Jazz High Notes on the Twitterverse. You can follow him at Go the Distance Forty Nine Twitterverse IG whatever it is. What's up, Jared Barker? Uh, you know, Jared, it's on mute. That's fine. We'll just keep going. He's here. Trust me, folks. Um, uh, we're going to go. We got a Zoom call here. We are, you know, we are limited by our technology. Uh, lim- we we have limited by technology, but we got two guests on with us today. Uh, you remember him as the guy with the dad bod, dad dick from uh, from pod therapy. What's up, um, dad bod, dad dick? How's it going? Uh, it's, it's good to be back. Good to be back. Good, we're back in the saddle. Jazz basketball, you know. Good, good to be back for jazz basketball, even because I'm a, we're, we're not too far away. Um, uh, he's a he's a first time, but long time. Uh, love you, long time. It's some uh, get set. What's up, man? Happy uh, happy fall. It feels like fall out there. <laughs> yeah. Pleasure to be on the show today. Um, in Utah, it feels like fall, spring, and winter, just depending on the hour, you know. Uh, but as somebody said, every state ever, every state everywhere has the same has the same problem. So you know, it is what it is. Uh, guys, we're we're here. We like I said, we're two three days away from basketball starting. We're either two three days away or two three weeks away. Um, I, I it's hard for me to tell. Uh, but we're we're talking jazz basketball. Uh, we're gonna do some predictions um uh, today. We're you know because everybody loves predictions. So um you know let's 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 get to it. Let's let's start with the East, um because. Nobody cares about the East. <laughs> um, uh, I care about the East. You, you can, well, that's good. That's good. I mean, the, the thing is that, like, as jazz fans, most jazz fans, like we did last year, we were talking about in the playoffs. I remember we were talking about playoffs, like, okay, we have to get through the play. We, you know, the jazz have to get through the Clippers, then the Suns or whoever. And it was just like, oh, yeah, then there's the East, too. Like, it was going to be the Nets or the Bucks, whoever. But well, if we think we're contenders, we got to worry about the East a little bit more. The East is going to furnish who we're going to playing the finals right 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 right. it's gonna but, be the final boss but like i mean come on like when you really think about it like i don't know man and this was just the this was just the mindset we had last year uh, i remember like nobody really was like oh yeah we you know it was like you gotta get through the clippers and then it was the suns like they were like really focused but no one ever was like oh and then after that it was never oh and maybe the nets or the bucks or whoever it was always just like the suns were like the main boss and then and then because for a long time the east was just an afterthought you know uh, but there are some there are some tough teams. It's loaded this year. Uh, yeah, there are some tough teams this year. Like um, uh, we we look at both conferences. Like okay, but I I do feel like the East is a little more top heavy. So who do you guys have? I mean, we'll we'll do some tiers. Um, who do you guys have in that first tier in the East? Um, uh, dad bod dad bod dad dick. Go go for it. And your oh, tier could be yeah, anything. Top... Right? Could be top three, top four. Like who do you think are the, like the real like top contenders in the East? Uh, I mean, I think that. I mean, it's going to be very similar to last year. Your top two are obviously uh, Milwaukee and Brooklyn. Uh, Milwaukee, I, I actually, I actually have a feeling that Milwaukee might be even better this year than they were last year, um, which is kind of scary to think about considering they won the whole thing. And then Brooklyn, obviously, health's always a question there, just because you have some guys like Katie. Um, who've had some injury issues in the past. You don't know if those things are going to creep back up. You also have the Kyrie Irving, you know, whole situation there where he's, uh, you know, taking a stand. He's speaking for those who don't have a voice. And I'm sure we can all respect that. Anyways, um, <laughs> but really, I, the thing is that I think Brooklyn's a really good team, even without Kyrie. 
I think that they're capable of winning the championship, even if he doesn't play at all this year. Um, the only thing that I actually think like Kyrie might become more of a distraction than anything. Uh, he might not, it, it might actually become a negative, just all this stuff going on with him. The only other team I can see possibly kind of that I would say the sleeper, I, I don't sleep on the Hawks. I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks creep into that three seed or even maybe a two seed, depending on how the regular season plays out for like a team like Brooklyn. And the Hawks, um, um, I, I think they're a tough out for sure. I don't think they're going to. Do you think the Hawks can make it to the finals if they're in the top? I like what I seed? saw from the Hawks last year. But do you think they do you think that if they can well, get to the finals if they had a top two seed? Wait, who are you talking? Yeah. Do, do you think the Hawks oh. can get to uh, uh, the finals with a top two seed if they were a top two seed in the regular season? I think the one thing that teams in the East didn't exploit last right, year. Do they can make it to the finals? Yeah. Sorry, go ahead. Do you think they could win the whole thing if they were the number two seed in the East, the, the Hawks? No, I do not. Okay. I mean, I like so, you know, I mean, top two seed. I get, again, the, that's nice. I still, don't, I don't, I still don't think they're, I don't, I don't think they're a good enough team to, so, to win the whole thing unless, be, uh, unless there's some, yeah, you know, injuries that go on in the playoffs or something. But yeah. I mean, it'd be, it'd be a, a long shot for them to win it. I mean, if, if a team's winning it out of the East, it's going to be, Milwaukee or Brooklyn. Okay. So, and, uh, um, you know, but I just wouldn't be surprised if the Hawks made a nice run. So is there a I think the Hawks could win the East. Win the East? I mean, about the whole thing, like the, like the, the championship. Do you think they're a championship team? They're not going to win the championship, but I think they could come out of the East if the ball bounces right. Okay. Right. Um, I think they're a really modern lineup. So they surprised everybody last year. They were one of those teams that almost like arrived on the scene one or one to three years too soon. Um, and they're bringing back essentially the entire core of that team, plus the guys who miss time, like uh, DeAndre Hunter. Mm -hmm. uh, Cam Reddish has the potential to come into his own. Um, so not only are you going to be, be bringing back more talent, more healthy talent, but you're adding on another year of continuity. And now a lot of these guys who are on the Eastern Conference finalists last year are coming back with that experience under their belt. Milwaukee and Brooklyn should still be the favorite, but uh, – I think the Hawks, you know, I really like their one through 11 depth. Plus they have a bona fide superstar. So anything could happen from that standpoint. All right. So that's, that's, that's your tier one. Let's, let's go to tier two real quick here. Um, actually, well, uh, before we go on uh, Miami heat tier one or tier two for you guys, you can just, you know, real quick tier one or tier two. Tier, tier two. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, Clear cut tier two with a chance to come out of the East. Okay. Probably you could argue a more legitimate chance to come the out Hawks. of the East in the playoffs than the Hawks. Yes, I probably yeah, agree with that. Yeah, I probably agree with that. Um, uh, so yeah, so let's say, let's say there's a tier 1.5, and we think the Hawks and the Heat are there. Um, uh, okay, so now, so this is where like I think it's a really top-heavy East, um, but we do have some interesting teams in the bottom half of the East. But I don't know if they make it, like the Knicks, right? Like didn't make a lot of noise. The Celtics, um, the Sixers are interesting. The Sixers are probably in that 1.5 too. Like, what, what do you guys think about the Sixers this year? There's a lot of drama. But a lot of talent. Uh, they might be the least handicappable team in the East, and that's because no one knows what their roster is going to look like in the trade deadline in May. Um, right now, people might construe this as a hot take, but I have them all the way down in seventh. Um, just because there's so many teams I have ahead of them who are more stacked, have more depth, have more continuity. We have a much better idea, even the Nets, of what they're going to look like in the long run this season than we do the Philadelphia 76ers. 
They're, they're a really high ceiling team with Joel Embiid, but you look after that and there's only like three or four gamers on that roster is currently constituted um, until they figure out how they're going to deal with the Ben Simmons asset. Is it going to bring in two, three more studs? Is it going to bring another superstar? Nobody knows. Depending on who they get, that could amplify them two, three seeds higher. Um, but until they figure out if Ben Simmons is going to play, who's going to replace them, I can't really do much with the 76ers as a championship caliber team. So right now I've got them in seventh because I like the Pacers better if they don't have Simmons. I like Miami better. I like Boston because they've got two superstars, whereas Philadelphia only, get, only has Embiid to bank upon. Philadelphia, until they figure out what Ben Simmons is going to constitute, whether it's Simmons himself or his eventual replacements, I just can't put them higher up in the East. Yeah, I either have the 76ers like really high or really low. Like, this is, I don't know about middle ground for them. Um, okay, so that's the Sixers. Um, so, yeah, then there's like the Knicks, the Celtics. Uh, I guess the Bulls are better. I got the year. Sixers way higher than the Knicks, though. <laughs> oh, you so, like the Knicks are eight through 10? New York in 11th place. Interesting. Okay. Really? Uh, the Knicks dropping out. Okay, so like but, I like Charlotte better than them. I okay. like Chicago better than there them. There we go. So this this drops me down well, to like um, fair. um so yeah, the Charlotte Chicago like the, the, there's going to be a couple east teams that didn't make the playoffs last year that do make it this year and so the Knicks are one of those teams that fall out. Is there another team in the east that fall out of the playoffs that you think that that made it last year like the Pacers? Um uh, Yeah, Pacers. So I don't know. Shaky. I really like the Indiana Pacers. Um, you talk about least handicappable. I think Indiana might be the most variable. Um, back at last year, and there were probably, I don't know, two, three surprises across both conferences. Phoenix was a huge surprise. New York was a huge surprise. Um, Atlanta, to an extent, probably surprised a lot of people. Mm-hmm. So when I went through my tears the last couple of days, I find myself just for the most part copying and pasting the results of last year and maybe moving teams around one or two spots. That wasn't satisfactory enough for me because there's not really any surprises out there. So by default, I'm like, who's going to be the big surprise? And you peer around and Indiana is a good team to pick that people might have as like a six, seven, eight seed that could end up doing really good. And I think that's because of number one, the Rick Carlisle factor. I was having a lot of trouble trying to figure out who's going to be the coach of the year. And it always seems to be a team that doesn't have high expectations that far exceeds how people think they're going to finish. And for me, the Indiana Pacers are a good candidate for that because I really like DeMontis Sabonis. I think they got a team that has a lot of continuity, a good veteran core. um, And I think they're just ready to make a jump. In addition, I think it's also a team that's primed to make a significant midseason trade. There's that log jam up front between Miles Turner, DeMontis Sabonis, and Goga Batadze. And I think one of those guys has to be moved. Miles Turner seems like a likely candidate. And I've been kind of dinking around with the trade machine. I'm not predicting. I'm not saying any of these things is likely to happen. But you look at the roster constructs and some of the contract, um, some of the similar salaries around the league and, and one or two players that could be potentially packaged for Miles Turner. And there's some good candidates for wings. Um, to me, there's always that that looming shadow of Gordon Hayward's homecoming. And the Charlotte Hornets are really thin up top at the five. So Miles Turner to Charlotte's always one of the theoretical moves. I was toying around with the idea of a CJ McCollum to Indiana trade yesterday, um, just with Yusuf Nurkic being on an expiring contract and his inconsistencies and health issues with the Blazers over the last two years. That's a move that could be made. So I just think there's a lot of opportunity for movement 
and upward movement, particularly for the Indiana Pacers. And I think that's a team you could argue if everything goes well, they could find themselves in the top three. Yeah. East. As um, uh, I, as, I think that's interesting. That makes the pace of uh, the Blazers a lot better. I see right? as um, uh, he was talking Maybe. about Rick Carlisle and the coach of the year. I just want to apologize. Dragon Squash cannot be here. He's uh he had to go to Korea for some reason. Um, but, uh, <laughs> As you saw my Rick, Rick Harlai and Coach of the Year and how it usually goes to the team that has low expectations. Um, as Dragon Scotch would say, fuck Hubie Brown. Um, <laughs> that about that dick. So, yeah, that brought me, like, we were talking about, like, surprises, uh, surprise teams in the East or whatever. Like, is there something that you think can make, like, a Hawks-level jump, this uh, like, from last year? Like, again, I, I, I admit that the Hawks sort of surprised me last year. Uh, I thought they'd be okay. I didn't think they'd be as good as they, you know, I thought they might be a first-round exit, but... Um, you know, they, they had a really good matchup. Is there something that you think can make that leap in the East this year, Dad, about Dad Dick? That's a, that's a mouthful. Uh, I mean, I, I think that, he, that we've just mentioned them a little bit uh, in, in passing, but Charlotte is my, like, would be my candidate for a team that hasn't really been in the playoff picture or made the playoffs in a while. A, a young team that uh, has the ability to make a jump. I mean, I don't see them doing anything crazy, but definitely – there's a possibility of them being a home court team in the playoffs, just depending on how things shake out. Um, they finished like last, they finished last season really strong. I think it's actually really dependent on Gordon Hayward's health. Like they, they were such Amen, a better team last year when, when yeah, it, I, when he played, they were um, one of the better teams in the East. And uh, you know, I, I'm excited to see what uh, LaMelo ball, like he, he was really good last year, you know, see how he kind of takes that next step. Um, and you know, they've got a lot of interesting pieces, a lot of, uh, a lot of young guys that have room to improve and, uh, and take next steps. And, and, and that's kind of how the Hawks were, uh, last year where they had a lot of these younger guys and they still have a lot of youth in Atlanta as well. It's not like they're much older one year later, but, uh, a lot of young guys that have the ability to, there's, there's room for improvement in, in what they've shown so far in their NBA careers. And if each of them kind of takes a little step here and there, uh, it's possible that you could see them, like I said, being one of the top four seeds in the East and, uh, and kind of exceeding those expectations. I mean, I don't, I don't know what the expectations are for them around, you know, the, the national scene as far as national analysts and stuff. But, um, and then, you know, I could see, I mean, my, Miami's like, Miami's been there. Miami's been a, a team that's talked about, but I think Miami's going to be a tough out. So they don't really qualify as someone that's going to come out of nowhere because I think people still expect them. But last year was kind of, you know, they, they took a step back and they had some health problems and there was just a whole lot of things going on. And, and so Miami is going to be a tough out this year. I don't, I don't think they're as good as most people do though. I really am not sold on, uh, on Jimmy Butler as the main guy. Um, when you're, when you're, uh, you know, I, I, I think the bubble stuff was just, there was a lot of weird stuff. I'm not saying they didn't deserve to make the finals during the bubble or anything like that, but there was just a lot Tyler of Tyler Hero stuff was the best player. They in got the beat the pretty handily. Yeah. I, I, and, and they got beat, beat very handily right. in the bubble. You know, they, um, the, the Lakers were far superior than them. No, that is what he's saying though. Uh, Jared, um, uh, do you have one real quick? Um, uh, anything in the East that's a big surprise? Well, I think people are going to be surprised by how good Bam Adebayo is with a good point guard. I think he's going to make a big leap this year, and he's he becomes their best player, and Jimmy Butler takes a back seat. I won't be surprised if Bam's awesome. Yeah, I already I think, think he, I already think he's amazing. Uh, yeah, yeah, I think yeah, I think he could, 
I think he could score 25 points a game, Probably. potentially. Do you think he could challenge Rudy Gobert for Defensive Player of the Year? Because I actually picked him to win the award last year because of all the hype that big market Miami would receive. Oh, I, I absolutely do think he can hey, challenge. It's, it's dangerous to mention Bam Adebayo yeah. and uh, Rudy Gobert in the same sentence <laughs> on Twitter. So just yeah, be careful there. Yeah. Um, Hey, I'm Mark. And this is Doug. What's up? And we're co-hosts of a weekly podcast on the Utah Jazz called Twos and Threes. It's available on Apple, Spotify, Stitcher, and wherever else you get podcasts on your feed every Monday morning. Mark's my big brother, and you could say this podcast is a family affair, but really we think of the jazz and jazz nation as our family. So we'd love for you to participate with us to listen, and really, let's do this together. Go Jazz. Go Jazz. Be our family. Boom. All right, so let's let, let, let's um, let's go to what we all came for, the men. Um, uh, let's, uh, let's talk about the Western Conference. Um, uh, you know, we have the Jazz, who were number one in the uh, NBA last year, uh, record wise. Hey, that's my favorite team. Yeah, I mean, it's weird. Um, uh, we, we were going to be a Denver Denver um, uh, podcast and be called "Hitting the Mile High Notes," but um, uh, somehow, um, uh, we we migrated west. We're part of Utah now. We're part of the Jazz fandom. Um, and the Jazz are, you know, they, they lost a couple of players last year. Um, oh, also, um, uh, when Dabba Dadick said Gordon Hayward, I want to say, always a Jazz man. Uh, once a Jazz man, always a Jazz man, unless you're Gordon Hayward and Dennis Cantor. So, um, <laughs> guys, so you know, this is where we're, you know. That, Hayward, the exception that proves the rule, man. What was that? Gordon Hayward's the exception that proves the rule. Yes. Um, uh, the dunkster. Yeah, let's, um, uh, let, 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 you know, I, I just, you know, love the hypocr- hip, hypocrisy that we, we see here. Um, let, let's, let's do this backwards. Um, uh, we're going to go through the top 10. Um, uh, who do we think, um, uh, who do you, uh, who do you, uh, let's go to Dad Bod Dad Dick. You, we'll start you off here. Do you, I don't know if you rank these 10 9, I don't know if you have these in tiers, but who do you think will be like the, the last two wins to get into that play, play in spot? You're saying the nine ten, nine ten, or like a, like who do you think is going to be like just barely squeaking into the playoffs here? It could be you know four teams, two teams, you know. Uh, I think you're going to be. It's going to be kind of the the same the same crew as, as last year. Maybe I, I I don't know. Like San Antonio, you never really want to actually count them out. Like I really actually think that they're a team that could benefit from maybe bottoming out and getting a high draft pick, but with Popovich coaching. Um, they're, they're probably going to win quite a few games, but uh, I think you'll see, you know, kind of the same, same teams, Grizzlies, uh, um, New Orleans will be in the mix, uh, depending on how much of the season Zion plays. Jeez, uh, you kind of caught me off guard because I wasn't thinking about the standings so much, but I mean, that's what I mean. San Antonio doesn't suck. They don't they're, suck, they're not a bad but, team, no. They don't. They don't suck. It's just they, they're one of those teams that seems like right now they're kind of in that place where you don't want to be in the NBA, which is they're going to be in that yeah, mediocre. You know, play. Right. They're they're mediocre. They're not going to be getting a high draft pick, and they're not bottoming out. And you know, it's it's kind of like that. The the whole the whole Sam Presti and uh, and uh, you know the what what's his name uh, Hinky. You know those guys that, that just don't believe that that either need to suck and and get a lot of assets or you need to be competing for a championship and the in-between areas kind of a purgatory in the nba um so while i don't think that it's 
in their best interest to be in that discussion. They will be most well, likely as long as Popovich is coaching. And I get that. Um, I, and so with the Spurs, like, I mean, I used to say it all the time, like, Oh, can't count the Spurs. Can't count the Spurs. But then the last couple of years, and part of it is that they've, they, they've just lost a lot of talent. Right. Um, they, they have some, I, I think they have a lot of like Jack all trades guys. Um, they, they have a lot of guys who are pretty good and young, like Kelvin Johnson, Deontay Murray. There's like 10 guys on their roster. If you pluck them and put them on the jazz, they'd be like this amazing, like eighth man in our rotation. Mm -hmm. They just, they come in and really help augment our second unit. And they do that for just about every other team in the league. Yeah. They, they have a lot of guys who are like high level role players. It's, It's like, it's like if you put a team of. I don't know. I'm trying. I'm trying to think of a good jazz comp. Like Jordan Clarkson is their best player. Like I'm. A... Yeah, if they have like nine Jordan yes. Clarksons of like, differing qualities. Yes, you know, like not exactly. sizes and right, 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 right. Like sixth, seventh men, I guess, is what we're trying to say. And, and that's not, that's not fair. Like some, like you know, Murray's good, but I don't know. None of them. Are Primo's going to be amazing in like three, yeah. four years. Like, you can per- build around Primo. Like like per- like Jacob Jakob Pertle. Jacob Jakob Pertle is like the tenth best center in the league. But what does that really mean? You know, you're like your top 10 center, but what does that really mean? I guess. Yeah, especially today's NBA where center is so devalued. And is that, is I that, think that, he's that like the 17th mean? to 20th best center in the league, but oh, interesting. Uh, yeah, okay. we're I mean, splitting hairs. Yeah, I mean, I get, I get, yeah, it's like after like eight, are they all the same? Or like after eight is like the next group, like nine through oh, 21. Yeah. So he's not a significant needle mover across the roster for in terms of uh, elevating their seating. How, how about this? They have. Maybe a couple of low tier two guys, and then like the rest of the roster is like all tier three guys. Um, sure. While the Jazz have like you know two obviously top tier one guys, uh, and then a bunch of tier, tier two guys. Like they're, 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 there's a big difference there. So the Spurs are like interesting to me. Like they could still be what you said, like fighting for a spot because like they, they were tenth last year, and they'll probably be in that same. Can we area, call them right? the San Antonio nice pieces because they have a lot of nice pieces? Yes, exactly. So, but I mean the thing is that with the West being the way it is. Like the Pelicans last year were thirty-one and forty-one, I I can see that for the Spurs, right? Be, being right there, right. That, that Sacramento Kings, like the eleven, twelve spot. Like I think they might dip a little just because, like you know, they they lost to Rosen. I, I don't even think they added anybody really this off season. I actually think the Kings might be a team that would would. Uh, I wouldn't be surprised if they were in that that picture for the nine ten. Okay. How, how the end this? of the year, if if they fire the, Luke Walton, I actually, actually looked it up because I was like, they had to have fired Luke Walton, right? Yeah. yeah and, right. Oh, he's yeah. still he's yeah, still he's the still coach. There. So like, uh, Luke Walton and Urban Meyer still have jobs no. today. Um, yeah. R- if, if real Luke quick. Walton coach the whole year, then let you know. Forget what I said, but uh, <laughs> if if he gets fired, I I. I don't know that I like Sacramento. I think they have a lot. How about of nice, this? Nice players. I'm gonna I'm gonna name these like bottom five teams. You tell me if you think they get better or they stay the same as they were last year. The Rockets. Uh, they lost. Well, they're pretty bad, right? Yeah, they're they're, they're, they're they're like last place in the West. Yeah, they have them so, in 14th place. So yeah, about the same. I'd say, the same. Yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say that they might improve slightly or be very much the same. Yeah, but it's, it's not enough to like make a difference, I guess. Uh, you know. No. Can I interject about Dad Bod's comment on Sacramento? Uh, well, we're gonna get um, to, we're gonna get to Sacramento in just a minute here, so I'll let you do that. Uh, Thunder, the Thunder, about uh, the same or place, um, uh, are, about or, the same place? Yeah. They're gonna be really bad. Okay, okay. I've got them with like 16, 17 wins. Free Derek. So I, I think. I think yeah, I think they might actually take a step back. They'll they'll be worse probably. 
I mean, I mean, they they they, they 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 went on a huge tank last year. Like they remember, like they 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 lost like I don't know twelve, fourteen. The only reason they won the last game is because uh, the Clippers out tanked them in the last game or whatever it was. So. Um, they're Jalen Green. They're looking for their Jalen Green. That's yeah. going to require at least another year of tanking. Uh, which is hard for a franchise to like. I mean, they were good for a minute, and then they just went on a hard tank. So um, it's all right. I have Dort in fantasy. So Derek Favors is going to help them win games. I think. Um, I just. Yeah, I, I mean, on, the, the, that, team, that, that team could win games, but like they're, this they're roster the, is pretty bad, though. They're the anti-San Antonio Spurs. I think they they they, they have chosen their direction. They're like, you know what? We're not going to win games. Like they sat Dort last year. They um, uh, they still got SGA, and you know, I think they're they're they could they could they could be the they could go for a twelve or eleven spot. But they're like, why? Why bother? So, um, this is an interesting team. The T Wolves of Minnesota, the, those pesky Timberwolves. Ooh, tough. Yep. I've got them in my bottom five. A lot of people are picking them for the playing game, but I just again, it comes back to I'm looking at all the rest of these rosters in the league. And there's so many better rosters. Timberwolves are on the upswing. They got a good coach. They have two franchise players. Mm-hmm. I just think everybody has stronger rosters than the Timberwolves, and someone's got to sit this one out. Jared, I mean, I've got where like, did the Wolves I've got Dallas in thirteenth. Thirteenth. I'm, I'm going back. I've got them in twelfth. I'm giving them the benefit of the doubt, and I'm putting them one spot above <laughs> their finish last year, and I'm <sighs> slotting them ahead of the New Orleans Pelicans. Okay. Okay. Um, uh, uh, yeah. Dad, Dad, Dick, Jared, what do you What do you think? The wolves. The wolves are like the uh, Utah Jazz of teams that uh, can't make the playoffs. Like everybody's saying, with the Jazz this year. Like you need to do it in the playoffs. Like I'm not gonna, no matter what you do in the regular season. Like I'm not gonna care about it until I see you actually make it happen in the playoffs. The wolves are that team for me among like teams that never make the playoffs, but people are always talking like the spooky wolves. They, they could be scary this year. They could be good. I'm not a big Carl Anthony Towns fan. Like, I just don't think he's a winning basketball player. Like he, he's had, to, even when they had Jimmy Butler on the team, they had a great team. They just barely made it to the eighth seed. I mean, it's just a team that I, I don't know. I, it, it, until they, until they show me different, I'm not, I'm not going to even really look at them. So unless they like, rip off 10 straight wins and and kind of start making me actually notice them i'm not gonna or end up with ben simmons at some point in the season like tell me if they're gonna get ben simmons uh yeah, yeah we ben, can revisit yeah. the minnesota timberwolves was yeah, minnesota I, I believe minnesota was actually at the top of the list of uh cities Suitors, that he yeah. preferred to be traded to it was, it was minneapolis yeah right yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's Minneapolis it, than LA. It'll depend on what they have to give up, obviously. Um, yeah, and I Jared? just don't know who Minnesota is going to send to Philadelphia and who Philadelphia would want from Minnesota that's not named uh, Anthony Edwards. Yeah. All right, Jared. I'm, well, uh, but that's a larger wolves. topic for a, a longer right, Zoom. Right. right. Jared, what, what about the Wolves? Uh, I'm feeling about 12th place or so for them. Uh, I mean, yeah. it's, it's one of the things that, like, eventually they have to go one way or the other. They can't just sit there in the 13th place purgatory. Like, they, they have well, – they, they either need to go get Ben Simmons or trade Cat and go get as many young assets as they can, right? Because they, they yeah. got to do something. They can't just sit they, – they've been sitting in this area for, for way too long. All right, so now we're to the Kings, um, uh, Jared's, um, uh, Jared's team. Kings! Um, hit, hitting the Royal Notes. Uh, Jared, what about the Kings this year? They were 31-41 last year. You know, they were about two games out of the play-in. Um, they, well, they they didn't trade Buddy Hild, so. Well, I think not trading Buddy Hild was a mistake, but I would not have traded him to the Lakers if I were them because the Lakers always lowball people on trades. Um, 
I mean, they could have got Kyle Kuzma and I think KCP. So, yeah, or, or, or was it THT? People who who love THT. So, I and, and THT. I don't know. <laughs> THC. Um, uh, um, <laughs> yeah, so the Kings. I'm a, uh, I mean, do you think they just stay in the same spot? Do you, do you think they make a top eight? Do you think they like an improvement for them would be to it, be in the top eight? It's tough, man, because their roster defensively is not good. Like they set uh, a record last year for defensive futility. Davion um, Mitchell, though. Yeah, yeah, but I, I don't, mean, I don't understand drafting a guard when you already have guards. Well, it, it, I love uh, the collection of guards, but they're all tiny. If you can draft Donovan's yeah. little brother, you should. So. That's a uh, that's what it, I mean. I mean, uh, get set. I mean, you just you just hit the jackpot on Halliburton, and now you drafted Mitchell, and it's like, how are you finding minutes for all these guys? I just don't. They need more wings, and and they don't have. I don't the wings. think I don't think that's a bad like that. But I think I think Mitchell is a good pick for them. I mean, I think it's just like kind of. I mean, you can you can talk about the fact that they they do have you know kind of a logjam at the guard position, but he's like I I don't know he's got that edge like he's the kind of player that you do want on your team and uh you know not to sound corny but he's like he's he's a winning player like he's the kind of guy that can help like change that culture there um i mean they've got nice pieces and like that's why simmons trade to sacramento theoretically would make so much sense luke luke walton's the the piece there like he's just a terrible coach he's not a good coach i don't know why he didn't even get fired he didn't get fired last year (laughs) i'm surprised that's I'm so surprised that he's still the coach. Like that's the shock, most shocking thing that's happened to me. Shit rolls downhill. it up and seeing he's still coaching. They like, if you theoretically, if you switch out Luke Walton for a coat hanger, I think the Kings finish 500. And if you switch out Luke Walton with like a, a Rick Carlisle type, then you're talking about you know seven seed at some point. All right, so this is this is where it gets um, sort of interesting here because uh, you know the Pelicans gets it already. Kind of said that he's moved the Pelicans down. Um, to don't work. like the Pelicans at all. Okay. They're tough. Why is that? And they and they have um, going to be out for two months. So it's the roster composition. I you can look back at my Twitter rants the last couple of days. But just one of the hard, basic, unscientific ways I'm evaluating all these teams is what do you have in your your guard collection? And that's one reason I actually really like Sacramento because I like their four best guards, and I think you should ship one or two of them to Philadelphia for Ben Simmons because that's really – if I was Philadelphia, I'd really be interested in um, some of that guard talent from Sacramento. But getting back to the Orleans, Tomas Sadoransky, Devontae Graham, Jason Hart, Garrett Temple, Kyra Lewis, like not doing anything for me. And then That's if a- Zion Williamson is going to play 41 games and you don't know which games you're going to get from him and Brandon Ingram, who didn't really take a big step last year, or at least not in terms of impacting team winning, like what else do you have right now in, in the immediate future for new Orleans? It's, I just, I don't see how that, and plus you got a rookie coach and Willie green could be good someday, but I don't think he has a lot to work with. Yeah. I, I there's, think- there's too many other teams in the West who are just moving and shaking and New Orleans, like I just don't know how that team's going to make a leap against what everybody else has. Yeah, their their GM, I, I'm really uh, I'm out on their GM since last year, man. Just is I mean them uh, bad. Uh, yeah. I guess you're not a fan of classical music. If um, uh, yeah. if Brandon Ingram <laughs> takes that leap, like you talked about, Zion takes the leap. You know, then they, then they have two guys, but they're also young. They don't have the the better. Zion leadership. going to play like. So. His playing situation to me is as cloudy as like Jamal Murray and Clay Thompson. Um, so 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 basically, we've come down to uh, basically 
the five teams that didn't make the playoffs last year, maybe one of them moves into the playing game, but it looks like everybody's kind of bought in on the same 10 teams from last year. So um, the Spurs, we talked about them a little bit. Like they could, you know, for me, I think they dropped down probably a little bit. They probably drop out of the playing spot. They, they, they'll probably still be in that high mediocrity range, which is not where you want to be, but that's, that's what happens. Um, the Warriors, the Warriors are interesting. They were 90 last year. They they sort of made a, a late comeback, um, and I, I know that gets has talked about the Warriors like he he's confused. Um, dad by dad, Dick. Uh, the Warriors were you know in the playing game, playing game last year. You know, lost in that thrilling playing game to the Grizzlies, um, and you know I, I you know Dragon Squash and I had this like talk last year because like you know we thought everybody came back. I don't know. For me, I think the Warriors dynasty is done. Like I think they can be good, but I just don't think they. I I don't see them as a championship team anymore. Where do you fall? I fall uh, a little bit of both. Uh, I don't think as they're constructed right now, they're gonna. I mean, they'll be a great team, but they're not gonna be. Um, they're they're a long shot to be. You know, a, a title get to the get to the championship um, and win even at that, but. The thing is that's interesting about the Warriors and that they've done so well is they've got a lot of pieces still that they could potentially move. And uh, depending on what happens, I mean, obviously, like we know the Ben Simmons stuff going on, um, Ben Simmons would probably actually be a really good fit on that team. But uh, on top of that, I mean, it's it, we're only probably a couple months away from someone who's not, you know, wanting to be traded right now saying that they want to be traded. And so they've got an interesting situation because they've got pieces with Wiseman and, uh, you know, some of their other younger pieces, Wiggins, his, his contract and, and how you can fit that into trades and stuff for someone who's a superstar caliber player that's likely going to have that large contract. Um, Cause I, I honestly don't think, I don't think they, they care for Wiseman. Like I, I don't think they're attached to Wiseman. I don't think it's anything where, if they have the opportunity to to get someone great, like they'll they'll ship them out, yeah, you know, instantly. Their Wiseman uh, stock has dropped though. Like, they need to at least raise it a little bit to get what he was um uh, at the draft time. Uh, gets it? Um, I know you've had some thoughts about the Warriors here. Yeah, they are very very tricky to me. Um, I've been there's probably two things I've been wrestling with a lot with regard to the Western Conference. Um, one I feel like is a unique view, and that's going to be. Is Denver going to finish ahead of Portland in the regular season? And the other one is who's the better team between Golden State and the LA Clippers? Uh, because these are two very unique rosters. Um, Golden State is tough for me because, again, it's one of these three star variables in the West of injured players, the three being Jamal Murray, Kawhi Leonard, and Clay Thompson. We don't know when Clay Thompson's going to come back. A lot of people seem to think he leaves late December, early January. And if he does come back in that time frame, how effective is he going to be the rest of the season? If he can be kind of like the Durant rehab project and timeline, Golden State could be very good because all you need to do with Klay Thompson is have him be able to move his feet on defense and stand in place on offense and launch threes and hit him at a 40% clip and do that in high volume. So if Klay Thompson can come back and do that, uh, Golden State's going to be pretty good. Um, I don't know if they're a championship team just because I don't know if they have the comparable depth of other teams in the Western conference, like the Utah's and the Denver's um, as well as the Phoenix's of the world. Um, obviously Curry and Thompson is a great foundation to build around. 
Draymond Green. I'm not sure how he's going to age. He's a terrible three-point shooter. He's not really a scoring threat at this point unless he's running point guard. And then after that, it's kind of a drop-off still. So to me, Golden State last year with Curry going balls to the wall um, without any really second fiddle, they were able to move their way up to an eight seed and then got bounced in the play-in game. So I think if you have Curry and Thompson, that bumps them up to about fifth place. If Thompson's playing, that kind of gives me the tiebreaker to move them ahead of the LA Clippers. Um, just because the Clippers, I don't know how to handicap this team. Um, because I, I don't know how to, how good of a player as a number one guy, Paul George is going to be over the second half of his career. Um, so right now, I'm putting Golden State just a smidge over the L.A. Clippers, but I'm not doing that with supreme confidence. But I got to put one of these teams over the other. And right now, the emergence, kind of the looming shadow of Clay Thompson gives me, uh, gives Golden State, in my view, the edge over the L.A. Clippers. All right. Fair enough, Jared. Anything you want to add to the Golden State of mine here? Yeah, I think uh, for for me, Golden State is definitely, as as Clay, as the world turns, is focused on Clay Thompson. Um but I do think that they, they've got some interesting uh, pieces in those new rookies who, if, they've, if they fit well as they have been, they've added a little bit of shooting, especially at the five, who, somebody who could play next to Draymond uh, in, in Bielitsa, which I think is an interesting fit for them, could definitely help them. Um, I think the Warriors are, are going to be a markedly improved team as opposed to last year. So I, I think they're going to be out of the play-in. They should at least be sixth or seventh, in my opinion. I mean, seventh is still play-in, but um, it, as long as Steph Curry stays healthy, because you know Steph is still the heart of that team. Right. So I mean, I mean, again, like the, to me, this team is kind of where they are. Uh, I, I do think that I'm. A, I mean, they can get to the fifth seed, uh, but I just I don't I don't see them just challenging. I don't, I don't see people going okay, Golden State. You know, they're, they're not as scary as they were. They don't have the ancillary pieces that they used to. Uh, sure, they drafted a couple of rookies that I didn't even think they kind of like. Like Draymond Green really liked one of them, but um, you know they they were as soon as they drafted him, they were looking to trade them right off the bat. So, uh, and are those rookies going to be ready to contribute this season? That's what I'm uncertain. And this about. is sort of the Jared. Butler if they're not thing ready to contribute about. this season, then it's a very thin team, right? Like the this is like sort of the Jared Butler uh, discussion we had. Like when you're a championship contending team, you're not really looking to you know because. Very rarely, I mean, those rookies were not super polished coming out of um, uh, college. Like, we're talking about, you know, improving them as well. And uh, the Warriors are probably, they, they probably do think that they have a championship window and they're not looking to develop Wiseman and anybody else. They're looking to use, they're probably going to use those pieces to, you know, go get Ben Simmons, right? Or, or something. Um, do you think the Warriors can trade Wiseman, uh, Wiggins, rookies and whatever to to get ben simmons does that does that make the warriors good enough probably so is that a good enough deal for i don't, the, I don't the, know the if uh i don't know if they'd be interested in that because i don't they don't the, the, do the, i know a team would be interested in it. you need a three you need a three-way trade well it's not yeah. it's not getting a three-way uh let's move on to uh the grizzlies um the memphis grizzlies i'm uh you know this is almost every jazz fan's second favorite team for some reason uh, they they have a young star, John. Mor- they have two young stars. They have John Morant and and, and Triple J. Um, do you guys see them getting out of the play? Do you guys see them getting to the sixth seed, uh, Jared? 
Uh, they're they're an interesting team. Like they're on the up and coming. I guess it depends on if Jaw finds his three point shot consistently. Um, it's gonna affect the ceiling of that team because they're. Um, your boy Sam Merrill, you know your favorite Aggie. He scored like thirty points in a preseason game for them. He made the roster. Should be interesting. That made the roster. So. Is he still on the team? He made the roster. So yeah. Wow. I mean, he's. Not I didn't gonna... have him on my sheet. I gotta add him. Yeah, I'm pretty sure. I'm. 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 Well, you know, I have to keep up with like. Yeah, he just in the NBA, so or in NFL, so I have. I to, thought today sure. he made the roster. Yeah, he made the roster. Um. Yeah. So who uh, would? He's one of the final final roster guys. I mean, John Morant is so good. Like even without two point shot. Like a consistent three point shot, I should say. He's he's just so lucky. Yeah, that makes him so extremely good. dangerous. He's so good. So I mean, obviously that would be the next leap for him, but you know, it it probably doesn't have to happen this very next year. Like he's still very young. So I mean, I guess it's always gonna it's always gonna depend on how Triple J looks. You know, right? He's Triple J still looks- rounding into form. I mean, here's the thing: they they didn't have Triple J for uh, three quarters of the year last year, and he looks good in preseason. So. Triple J, right? Same question, Dad, about Dad Dick. Six seed, six seed for the Grizzlies. Can they move up to the, to out of the play-in? Um, I, to be honest, I mean, I, I'm, I get why Memphis made the moves that they made this summer, but I wouldn't be surprised if those moves actually caused them to take a temporary step back and actually maybe even fall into that nine or 10 or I don't know. Cause the thing is you think about it, they, they, they traded Valanciunas and I know why they did it. I mean, like they're really going to lean into Jaron Jackson jr. As the guy in the middle. Um, and you know, things are just a lot more interesting when you can play him at the five, the entire time almost, uh, and just have a, a conventional backup um, instead of trying to kind of split time hit between him and Valanciunas. So, I mean, honestly, it just depends on his health. Like, where if he can take a big step forward and he can stay healthy, then there's a possibility that they can make that jump to the sixth seed. But I also wouldn't be surprised if there's some growing pains with them kind of, you know, it's not like a full rebuild, but I think they just let, they decided to lean into their youth and uh, and really give those guys the, the full, kind of just hand the team over, the reins over to, to Jaw and, and, triple j and um there there could be some growing pains there that caused them to maybe even take a, a slight step back but i wouldn't i'd be very surprised if they didn't they weren't in the playoff picture at all at least in the play-in or something like that but uh i so i don't think it'll be that bad but i wouldn't be surprised if they maybe dropped to you know the i mean i guess they were what the nine nine spot last were were they seven or eight i don't even remember how they were technically the eighth seed uh, last year. So, they um, were the, oh, no, I'm sorry. They were the ninth seed. You're right. They were the, the ninth seed that was able to get the – because they had to play two playing games. They beat the Spurs, then they beat the Warriors. Yeah, they beat the Warriors to make it as the, eighth, as the technical eighth seed. So, yeah, seed. If, I, if I had to oh, bet yeah, on it, I'd, I'd bet on them staying in that 9-10 as far as that and and, and wouldn't be – like, I, I don't think they'll drop out. Um, but I'd, I'd bet on that more than I would them jumping, like, to the sixth seed. All right, and thanks. That that's actually part one of our podcast. We are going to go do two parts because uh, we went super long talking about it, but it's a fun conversation. Hear more about uh, we don't talk about the Suns, but we talk about the Jazz a lot. So stay tuned for part two.